I want to also welcome those who are watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to the audio message by iTunes or by Buzzsprout. We are truly blessed to have these forums to reach you right from Warsaw in the very, very heart of the West Midlands of the United Kingdom. It is an awesome privilege in our day and age to have so much electronic resource at our disposal that allows us to connect. Thank you for connecting with us. We pray that God will continue to reach you right where you are in Jesus' name. A series of Accessing Divine Help continues this morning. And a couple of weeks ago, we started by looking at the key of humility. And um, the key also, we looked last week at the key of accessing divine help through humility. And we said that it is so important that we come into God's presence and access his help by humility. We must bear in mind that every time God calls us, we are coming humbly with the intention to engage with him. And one of the ways we show humility was what we discussed two weeks ago where we talked about fasting and praying. And the last um, 19 days thereabouts has been for us seasons of fasting and praying, about the last 18 days. We've been praying intensively and uh, fasting, looking on to God. And these things are keys that help us to access divine help. Like you heard very powerfully in the course of the charge, God has promised to help us anyway. God has promised to give us the things that we need that pertain. In fact, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But the Bible makes us to understand that there are situations of life that the enemy sets up to put a barrier between the things that God has already done and God is intending to do and us. And many times we have to contest for those things. We have to go ahead and break the barriers of the enemy in order to be able to achieve those things. May the Lord continue to help us all in the name of Jesus. And so today our series continues and we are looking at divine positioning. So the theme of the message today is divine positioning for divine help. Divine positioning for divine help. Every time we talk about divine positioning, obviously there are two words there. The word divine means godly, of God. Positioning simply means where you are located, situation. Praise the Lord. So divine positioning relates to a state of being in a spiritually or godly defined domicile. This is my definition. A state of being uh, in a spiritually or godly defined domicile. Somewhere God has put you by reason of his own disposition and intention. Now, this could also mean a geographical location. It's not having to do only with a, a place that you are, physically speaking. It could mean that. But the first and foremost meaning of divine positioning is spiritual. Being in a place in the state of your spirit man and your spiritual life that God wants you to be. Now, there was uh, the story of Adam that I would like us to reflect on because Adam was the first man to be divinely located, both in geography and in the spirit. Let us look at his story in Genesis chapter 2, 
from verse 7. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Let's read together. It's on the screen. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Let's read verse 8 together loud and clear. Then, sorry, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Somebody say he located the man. He positioned the man whom he had formed in the garden. So God makes places before people. God prepares positions, locations before people. So God always orchestrates. Go through the entire scriptures. You will find God move people from one place to the other. He told Abraham, leave your country, leave your kindred, and go to where? A place I will show you. God made the garden of Eden. We read that in verse uh, 7. That the Lord now formed man and breathed into his nostrils. Man began to live. And then in verse 8, God took that man he formed and put him in the place that he had prepared. So it is important we understand the place of divine positioning. Because being where God wants us to be is what gives us access to his constant intervention and help that we need. We all know that, unfortunately, man lost divine positioning, Adam lost divine positioning due to disobedience. We can read Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. He said, And they heard the sound of the Lord, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So I say they hid themselves. This was obviously after they had sinned. They have taken of the fruit that God commanded them not to partake of. And uh, they, they now saw that they were naked. Because the Bible says their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked. But the Lord came into the garden as he would normally do. To meet with them in the place of their divine location. But here they were, not in that place, hiding themselves. And I see many Christians today finding it very difficult to have fellowship with God because many times we are attempting, knowingly or unknowingly, to engage in those things that take us out of God's presence. But I pray that from this day, the Lord will continue to grant us the grace and the willingness to obey him so that we can always be where he positions us for divine fellowship in the name of Jesus. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord God said to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? Verse 10, So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the story went on. God said, Who told you you were naked? You know, God just wanted to tease out from Adam so that Adam can understand how he has put himself in this situation that he should not have found himself. And we know that God's mercy eventually prevailed. It was Mike Mudok that said, where you are determines what you are. When you are in God's positioning for your life, it determines your state that God intends for you. Any location outside that leads to nakedness. 
it leads to worry, it leads to fear. It, it demoralizes you. It robs you of self-confidence. It robs you of spiritual strength and spiritual energy. May the Lord continue to help us to be divinely positioned. In the name of Jesus. Several examples of scripture enable us to see how people that God positioned in a certain way were able to make the most of that divine positioning. We quickly look at the life of Solomon. Solomon was uniquely positioned. Solomon was a king who never fought a battle, even though his father, his own father David, fought so many battles. Solomon had so much wealth and so many things without doing much work, just simply being divinely positioned in the lineage that God had placed him and living it out. One of the things he was able to accomplish was something that his father should have accomplished, which was building the temple. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 17. The Bible says he began to pray to the people when they, were to, when they brought out the Ark of the Covenant and they were to dedicate the temple in verse 17. He said, Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Verse 19, Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son, who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. And we know Solomon went ahead, built the temple, and dedicated the temple. Now, Solomon enjoyed divine positioning simply by lineage. And I want us to see this very importantly as well. There are certain natural things that happen to us in life that may not necessarily need a spiritual explanation per se. God just allows us to be in a place, in a family. I would give my own example, uh, I would give my own life as an example. I was just, by God's divine arrangement, born physically into a family that was God-fearing and that is God-fearing. And so I had the privilege right from childhood to learn the things of God and to grow in the things of God and to keep making the most of that right to this very day. And many of us must understand, not everybody has that kind of background. In fact, some people come from very rough backgrounds. In fact, some people come from backgrounds that if you were to hear of it, you would know that where they are today is a great miracle of God. Praise the Lord. But the idea is for us to understand that whatever God has put in your life or put you as a person to achieve and attain in life is his divine way of positioning you and you must continue to engage with that God in order to make the most of it. Solomon was able to build the temple and uh, the Lord was honored. If we read the entire scripture in, in 1 Kings chapter 8, the dedication was so strong, the glory of God was so strong and so real in that temple built by Solomon that the people who were ministering could not even stand. We also know that a woman called Esther was divinely positioned when she was in the palace. Esther was just like any of the other slave people who were in captivity. But God, in his own way, used, his, used her beauty to elevate her in a divine way to put her in the palace to become the queen. You can read that in Esther chapter 1, chapter 2, right up to chapter 3. But something happened in chapter 4. The people of God who were Esther's relations were about to be killed by an edict of the king. 
And uh, if nothing was done, they would have all been destroyed. And so when Mordecai, who was Esther's uh, uncle, heard about it, he called Esther and said, this is the plan who was being, that was being orchestrated by one of the king's aides called Haman. He said, they want to kill every one of us. Now you will need to act on this because you have the king's ears. You will need to go in and speak to the king that this should not be the case. But Esther was initially uh, not comfortable to do that because it was by law not her right to do that. In fact, anyone that did that by law was supposed to be put to death. And so Esther reiterated this to Mordecai. But Mordecai said something in verse 14. Esther chapter 4 verse 14. Let's read it together. To understand the place of divine positioning and what we ought to do as God positions us. Amen. He said, for if you, let's read together. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from where? Another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we know she was actually brought into the kingdom for such that time. And we can read on verse 15, 16. The Bible says that she eventually went ahead, called a fast of the people three days. We have talked about that many times. And uh, God delivered the people as she intervened. But you see, Mordecai said some things there. If you and I don't use the divine positioning God gives us to be placed in our communities, to be placed in our workplaces, to be placed in our church, to be placed in our families strategically, as people who bear the light and as people who will continue to intercede and break uh, the bridge and the barrier between God's people and God, we must understand that God will always cause relief and deliverance to arrive from somewhere else. I pray that God will not use others to replace any one of us. In the name of Jesus. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the Pharisees, they shouted at his disciples who were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king that comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees said to Jesus, tell them to be quiet. They are too loud. Jesus said, you don't understand. It is commanded. And that if this one should keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. So if stones can be coming to a place of praising God and serving God, you and I must understand that when God divinely positions us, it's a privilege for us to see that position and to use it always to his glory. And when we engage that way, we receive divine help. The moment Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Go pray for me. Go fast. I will go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. That very moment, God released everything that she needed from the heavenlies in order to accomplish this task. And we still talk about Esther till this day. Hallelujah. But like Mordecai said, if she had not taken that position to do what God has commanded her to do, relief and deliverance would have come from elsewhere. And we know that just as Mordecai had said, they would, have been, they would have perished and that may mean that we may never have been talking about Esther till this day or at least not in this way. And so we must always understand we cannot afford to be ignoring God. We cannot afford to be ignoring the calls that God puts our way to understand that there is always a time for us to do the things that he has called us to do. Again, Mike Murdoch said something that really touched me. 
He said, when you ignore God, you schedule a tragedy. Anytime we ignore the nudges of God as to what we ought to do in our divine positioning, in our divine locations, what we do is that we are preparing for ourselves things that may not necessarily be good for us. There are examples in the scriptures. Samson was a great man who was ignoring God. Every prompting was telling him that you are walking the bad paths. He has the spirit of might. He could do so many things. The more he ignored God, the more he was moving away from divine positioning to the point where he became a weak man. The same Samson who could carry the gate and kill 1,000 Philistines at a go became a weak man that they gushed out his eyes because he left his divine position. We must always pray to ask God to help us never to ignore him. Never to live in a place where we are ignoring his promptings, ignoring his, desire, his uh, commands to our lives, ignoring the things that he speaks to us to help us to be the people that he wants us to be. We will not ignore God. Amen. I say we will not ignore God Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, I found that many people live in frustration in life because they, we persistently ignore God. A lot of people, including believers, when God prompts you to do something, the best result you get for yourself is to obey and do that thing. When you do what God has said, what you always find is you receive and attract his help. Why do we ignore God? Many times we cannot see how it will be done. Mary said, how can it be? I don't know a man. How can I have a child? And at, at, at the same time, out of wedlock. But the Bible says the moment she agreed and said, let it be unto me. According to your word, everything about her matter was settled. Praise the Lord. And so when we take the step not to ignore God, God tells us things to do, we go ahead and we do them, it allows us to continue to be divinely positioned. So every time God prompts you to do something, especially for him, when he says to you, son, daughter, you have been in this place, you have been doing this, it's very good, you have a gift in you. You have not been using it. Now, I want you to start using it. Don't say, Lord, I don't have the time. Lord, I don't have the energy. When you look at all those things, the devil uses it to stop you from getting the resources from heaven that actually allows you to do the things. And when you do what God says you should do, you find fulfillment. Praise the Lord. I cannot find myself, I cannot imagine myself doing anything else in this time than what I am doing right now. And I enjoy every bit of it. And I pray that God will cause you to come to that place of enjoying your life to the max as well. In the name of Jesus. There are several examples. The woman with the issue of blood. In Mark chapter 5, we read her story, verse 27. The Bible says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And then immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Why continue to wait when God has prompted you about the solution to the challenge you are facing? This woman, 12 years, was suffering with the issue of blood. She was a rejected person. Physicians had given up on her. But this day came, she heard that Jesus was coming. The Bible says she heard about Jesus and then she came. Some translations say she pressed she pressed through the crowd so that she can actually lay hold of him. And she was not even willing to talk. She was not planning, rather, to talk to Jesus. She said, if I can just touch the helm of his garment, verse 28, if I only may touch his clothes, 
I shall be made whole. So you are instructed, inspired by God to see the solution. There will be things you need to press through. There will be thoughts you need to break. I'm sure some thoughts were going through her mind that what's wrong with you? 12 years, physicians have tried. They can't get through. And then something is suggesting to you that you just need to touch the clothes of another human being. You better give it up. And people who would not allow her to actually press. But the Bible says she pressed to the point that she didn't say anything to Jesus. She only touched indeed. And when she touched indeed, Jesus said, somebody touched me. (laughs) Jesus said, somebody touched me. She took her divine position from the spiritual realm to the physical There are many people who stay at the spiritual realm of that divine positioning. Something has shifted in the spirit. They have heard the word. They have got the revelation. But you need to download it the way God wants and translate it to the physical. This woman could have stayed there imagining if only I can touch. I know I'll be made whole. If only I can. And all that would have happened. Jesus would have gone past and that would have been the end of it. Another year would have been counted that she was with the issue of blood. But she moved from that spiritual state and went into the physical. The Bible says she she began, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and now touched. Initially, it was in her heart that if I may touch, many believers have been saying, Lord, this brand new year, if only I can serve you the more, if only I can do this for you, if only I can pray more, if only I can study more, if only I can evangelize some more. Now, all you need to do is to take the steps. If you are lying down too much and you find that in the morning when you are praying, you are always dozing up, stand up. Stand up. At times my wife and I will be praying in the room. She will be seeing me walking about the room as if, what is wrong with this guy? Can't you stay in one place? It's because I want to be active. If you feel tired and you want to move, stand up. It's your room. Move about. If you want to be running up and down the stairs just to keep yourself awake so that you do what God says you should do because there is a deliverance that is tied to that physical action. And I pray that God will empower you to do it today. In the name of Jesus. We need to be sensitive to God's voice. God's voice doesn't always come from a place of, of, you know, power and those kind of manifestations. We read this in 1 Kings 19. When Elijah was very tired, he was going to be killed by Jezebel after destroying the prophets of Baal. And the Bible says that this woman swore that she would kill Elijah like he killed the prophets of Baal. And it was so obvious that she was going to do it. So Elijah ran. The great servant of God ran for his life. But when he got to a place, he was very tired. And he began to say to God, Lord, I need to go. I need to go. Take my life. This woman is going to do it, so you might as well take my life now. But the Bible says God came to Elijah and said, look, verse 11. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Bible says the Lord passed by. And there was a great strong wind. Before uh, wing tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Say the Lord was not in the wind. Too many believers are looking for fantastic things in order to find God. When they are looking for the spectacular and God chooses not to be in the spectacular, they get disappointed. 
they get discouraged. What we need to understand is to have the spiritual sensitivity to know what God is in and how he chooses to move at any point. The Bible says the thing came and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, verse 12, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what? A still, small voice. And I want to let you know that many times, this is how God comes. It doesn't mean that God does not come in thunderous acclaim, like we have read in the previous things. But in many cases, God only comes in a still, small voice. Don't live your life so busy that you don't give room to hear God. In fact, we commit this sin mostly when we are praying. A lot of us pray, and what we are praying is just talking one direction. How many of you have felt frustrated? Somebody comes to you and says, let us talk about a matter. This is what we do to God. Let's talk about a matter. And you say, oh, fine, yeah, well, that great matter, let's talk about it. And then they begin to talk, and they begin to talk, and they begin to talk. And when you want to say, oh, this is my idea, they just, say, just wait. And they continue to talk, and they continue to talk, and they continue to talk. And then after 30 minutes, they say, so, bye, I'll see you next week. And you're like, I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> you called me so that we can talk about this. This is what we do to God in prayer. We go before God to pray. I will say, Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, you are a glorious God. I've come before you today. I worship you. I love you. Thank you, Father. Oh, it's, it's a good thing to be in your presence. I thank you, Lord. This is the day you have made. He knows he made the day. Listen a bit. As you are saying those things, you need to listen with your inner man. Listen with your inner man. Because as you are talking to him, he's talking back to you. Sometimes in that very prayer posture, at times when you finish, take some time to meditate. But whatever you do, afterwards, just keep being in a place where you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. When you hear the voice of God, Romans 10, 17 says, faith will come. When you truly hear from God, faith will come. I say faith will come in the name of Jesus. This is the most powerful thing a believer must have. The ability to hear directly from God. Everything that gives me, by the grace of God, assurance and stability today is because I've heard from God. It is impossible to confuse a man who has heard from God. (laughs) It is impossible to scare a man who has heard from God. David heard from God. That's why when everybody was running away from Goliath, he was declaring what he knows he had heard from God. He said, my God will deliver him. Caleb and Joshua heard from God. That's why they could also see the same giants, but they were not intimidated by them. When you have heard from God and you hear from God, your life helps you to stay in the place of divine positioning. Over the next couple of days, as we'll be praying in the morning sessions, we'll be looking at the various things that help us with divine positioning. How to have courage in the place of divine positioning. How to keep having faith to remain. Because many times, where God wants you to be is where the devil will not want you to be. Because God knows that, the devil knows that when you are in that place, you continue to get the direct supply of God. Blind Bartimaeus was like the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 10. He also was needing a deliverance. He also knew that Jesus could save him because he said, before Jesus reached him, or he reached Jesus, he said, Jesus, son of David, what? Have mercy on me. So he knew that Jesus had mercy. And then the Bible says when he heard that Jesus was calling him, he threw off his garment and ran to go and meet Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that when he was going, the people say, what do you want to do here? Stop shouting. 
when he was saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They said, stop shouting. The devil will always want to keep you between your physical, your spiritual revelation and your physical manifestation. You must break the barrier and not allow anything to dispossess you of your possession. I pray that my God will help you this year. There are certain things that God has already said will be changing about you this year. Nothing will stop you from possessing that change. In the name of Jesus. Finally, I want to say, good positioning facilitates salvation encounters. When you are in a position that you need to shift, this is whether it is something to do with your spiritual life, this is whether you need to do something about your marriage, something about your parenting life, your relationship with your children. You know, when you relate with 10-year-olds, when you relate with 20-year-olds, as you related with them when they were 15 or 10, you know that there's going to be a problem. There's only going to be, it's just a matter of time. There is a different disposition for the relationship. It's the same thing. When you take each other for granted in a marriage, it's just a matter of time. The marriage will be strained. Your marriage will not be strained. In the name of Jesus. I want us to look very quickly at part of the scripture we read in our scripture reading in Luke 19. I want to read just verse 3 to 5. Talking about Zacchaeus. And we'll close this. And he sought, verse 3, to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. For he was what? Of a short stature. This man was one of those that was referred to in the Bible as short. That's why those days when, when, they, when somebody is, is not of great stature, people would just call him Zacchaeus when we were in, in school. They would just say, Zacchaeus is coming. It had nothing to do with the person's name, but because he wasn't a person of a tall stature. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But Zacchaeus was of a short stature, and Zacchaeus knew that this, my stature, will limit me. He actually stood like everybody else. But he could not see because everybody was taller than him. And we must understand that there are some statues of shortness we have in certain areas. Everybody is saying their marriage is working. You are exactly if your own is confusing you and you are like, what is happening here? I can't see what everybody else is seeing that is making their marriage work. People say that they are being blessed. You are, and you are also looking at the same. You are trying to see the same Jesus they say that they are seeing. You can't see him. People say that their, their, their lives are being touched by God and they're having a spiritual vigor and enjoyment and relaxation. And you are, you are like, but what can they see? What are my brethren seeing? You are like Zacchaeus. You must do this, verse 4. He ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. You must continue to locate your sycamore tree. What that means is the place of advantage that God wants you to be. Press harder into the word of God. He will tell you your sycamore tree. It might be a mentor. It might be a leader. It might be another couple. For if you are married and you need some input into your life, it might be another couple. It might be a, a, a friend. Somebody that God has put there. And it can even be a physical location. God can tell you, go and take another course. He will inspire you. Go and do that course. It is a sycamore tree that is going to translate your present limitations and give you advantage to press into help. Many of us are saying, Lord, promote me. Lord, take me higher. You see, the business world is not church. Church is where everything is allowed and we can just encourage everybody. The business world is harsh. 
The business world rewards only people who are determined to commit to the things that are there. So you need to press into things that will help you to break out of your short stature. And my God will deliver them to you this year. In the name of Jesus. And when Jesus came to the place, verse 5, he looked up and saw him. Jesus will see you up. I said, Jesus will see you up. Revelations chapter 1 the Bible says that, chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says that there was a time after John received the revelation of the seven churches. He said, now after these things, the Spirit of God said to me, come up here. Because I'm now about to tell you the things that will now happen afterwards. There are certain things you need to see beyond what you are seeing today. But you will need to go up. Tell your neighbor for me, go up. Say, let's go up together. Going up means you step up your game spiritually. You step up your game intentionally. If you have not been praying as much before, you pray some more. If you have not been studying the word as much before, you study the word some more. You commit to the things of God the more. As you commit, you hear that voice behind you saying, Now, this is the way, walk in it. I pray that the Lord will continue to deliver these things into our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever is a short stature of yours today, my God will give you the sycamore trees that will help you to overcome those limitations. Mark you, when he climbed the sycamore tree, he became taller than everybody else. When you go to that place, you become taller than everybody else. You see higher than everybody else. And the Lord who located Zacchaeus and said, now come down, he will locate you and bring you to himself. You will get divine help this year in the name of Jesus Whatever has been lingering for so long and you are finding it difficult to understand what it is, as you engage with God, the Lord will help you to locate your sycamore tree that will take you higher in the things of the Spirit and cause you to encounter Jesus one more time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Rise to your feet as I pray with you just for one minute. Well,